Welcome to It's Our Turn. Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers and cults. cults. Oh my God. My name is Emerson. My pronouns are he, they. My name is Tony. My pronouns are he, him. My name is Aiden, and my pronouns are they, them. We would like to acknowledge the original inhabitants of this area, the Weot tribe, and thank the past, present, and future stewards of this land. This land acknowledgement does not exist in the past tense. Colonialism is a current ongoing process, and we need to build the mindfulness of our present participation. We all should take action to support our local indigenous communities. Go to honortax.org to find out more about whose land you're on and how to support those tribes. In this show, we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episodes often include subjects centering around manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. Is it happening? Is it, is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? like went to Olive Garden <laughs> and it was me, my mom, my sister, my brother and you I came out of Olive Garden? That's the fucking gayest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know! I don't understand how this radio thing works. Like, is it... I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely not. Welcome to It's Our <sighs> Turn! Queers in cults. cults. I know. It's the reading is always like <laughs> it feels like the first breath of the show. Yeah. Uh, um it's been so long. It's Who been, the fuck are you? I'm gonna make a lot of noise because I'm taking off my sweatshirt, so I apologize. Take it off. Um, yeah, so we're in a new studio while you're doing that. I'll I'm talk not about in a new studio. I've been here for like three weeks. Yeah, I'm in a new studio. This is a new studio. Um, it's a it's a really, really cool one though. I mean it's a, a like a uh, it's just different. It's different. It's nice. It's nice and cozy. And it feels good, though, right? I appreciate it. It feels really good. <sighs> I, I just... love it. I have no idea how much noise that made because I took my headphones off. So I apologize if it was like. I fucking... feel like it didn't make any noise. Okay, I feel good. like what I'm doing <laughs> is making more noise, no, which is adjusting my mic. Well, good. I'm glad we're worried about all things that are <laughs> that aren't uh, going to happen. It's almost like. Trauma. Hi. <laughs> I am Aiden. My pronouns are they, them. Oh, my name is Emerson. My pronouns are he, they. I'm wearing nail polish, and this I is a new experience it. for me. Doesn't it, like, change? It's like, it, like, changes your personality. You're like a new person. There's, like, there's like me, and then there's me with nail polish. Yes. Yeah. It really does. Um, Especially, like, um, when they're drying, I am like a whole other level of sass, and you couldn't see it on yeah. at the folks at home. But what I was doing with my hands is just like mm. voguing and mm. like tippy tap. Yeah. If you have ever had wet nails, you know what I'm doing with yeah. the tippy tappy <laughs> and the like teeny tiny things. But yeah, it's I, really fun. It's just like a different little like flare of life. Yeah, I. What is it about it that like? Like necklaces, like makeup, like all of those things I enjoy, but like nails are like, if I didn't have so much OCD, if I wasn't like, like, if I wasn't like, if they didn't, like, if it, if it wasn't a sensory overload issue, I would have acrylics all the time. Yeah. Because I fucking love 
how acrylic nails look, feel, and sound. Yeah. And and but like three days in, I'm ready to. I need. I, I feel like I need to rip my skin off. Like that's. It's so miserable in that sense. But everything else, I love about it. <clears throat> yeah. No. I'm. I'm kind of similar. That if my nails aren't done well, the polish is too heavy, and I can feel it. Yeah. And I, like, I end up picking it off and like, con- in my yeah. sleep or else. Like, <laughs> any other time. Yeah. I'm constantly Acrylics picking at my nails. Acrylics are just off the table. Yeah. I'm constantly <laughs> picking at my nails anyway. So with acrylics, yeah. I pick at them until they lift and then I pull them off. And that's so bad for your nails. Um, uh, I have, like, ripped, like, like, not, like, down to the... The like not down to the like I haven't ripped my nail off, but right, I've right. ripped like that first layer of nail where they're so thin that they end up breaking or splitting because I just Ow. can't. You're not supposed to, you you're not supposed to rip acrylic nails off. You right. need to like file them down, let them grow out, that kind of stuff. And Acetonum I don't do that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't even do that. Oh no, you should because because <laughs> they have to like file down your actual nail bed so to put the acrylics on, oh, and so they're not acrylics aren't bad for your nails inherently. But you're not. But if you rip them off, you are going to take part of your nail with it. Because so many people are like, I don't want to wear acrylic nails. They're bad for my nails. No, they're not. In fact, acrylic nails can sometimes help injuries to your nails grow out. So, oh, yeah. well. And what I'm noticing for me is because I, I, I'm a like an anxious picker. Like I will, I just Same. pick at my fingers. It's Constantly, a, a nervous thing. But um, if like with these nails, I can't do that. Like I literally cannot do it. No. Uh, which is nice. You can't at all. Do you want me to open this door? Oh no, it's totally fine. Okay. I will just the fan. We used to have a fan, but it's way over there now. So, yeah. Just... Maybe we'll take a break soon and adjust. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Our sensory <laughs> needs. I know. I just get warm. Well, and again, this is a tiny room, and I feel like the other place was a little less new. Like it's an older building, and so, so it's a little, a little draftier. I still got hot over there too. It's just, it's That's just my, true. That is true. just what happens to me. Um, <laughs> and those around me, of course. I make everyone sweat. <laughs> is it, is um, it hot in here? Is it just you? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what was I saying? I don't know. We were talking about nails of all the things. Oh, I can't, I can't pick up my fingers because like I just logistically cannot as efficiently pick oh, at them. Oh, totally. But yes, two yes, of yes. all, I care about them sticking around and looking beautiful and, looking nice. and good, yeah. like the aesthetics of them. And so it is for me right now a really good, like it's like the oven mitts with chicken pox. Like it just, it stops. It's just a nice break for both my hands because my hands are exhausted from picking all the time. Constantly. Yeah. I have and, arthritis in my fingers from doing hair. And so ugh. doing that kind of stuff like hurts. I was like typing the, like, the other day and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Like yeah. I need to stop like using my fingers so much. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So it, so that's like that's basically what what's happening, which is that. really nice. I'm I'm and my partner did it. It was a really beautiful like moment of. A lot of discomfort for me, but like the consensual receiving of love. It, yeah, that was... I well, like I when I used to get my nails done regularly, getting my nails done was the worst part. Like someone else holding my hand and like doing uh, all the things. I hated it. I hated that. Fascinating. That like sensory. It was a sensory nightmare. I genuinely don't know how I lasted as a hairstylist as long as I did, because between my germophobia. And my OCD and then, like, my sensory, like, my, my don't like people being in my space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it was, 
it was just it was constantly uncomfortable for me. I mean, but when you're so tapped out of your body, I'm sure it didn't feel any different from when you started growing up. Everything was uncomfortable. That yeah, Everything. so like the like you were saying, transitions are hard. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the the transition from being uncomfortable in your home life, being uncomfortable in your religion, being uncomfortable in the workforce, like, yeah. and then now that you're like, oh, I don't have to be as uncomfortable now. Like, I can yes. actually do things for myself that limits how much discomfort I'm in. I, exactly. It's hard to break out of. <laughs> or or even just even like limiting how much discomfort you're in and also just like stating your needs, being like, hey, I'm sorry, I have to go home. I don't feel well. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day actually because I have, you know, like I have uh, 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 celiacs with gluten intolerance, which just comes with a lot of discomfort on many levels, anything from joint pain to headaches to uh, to like really like debilitating stomach pain, as well as all the other stuff I'm not going to talk about. But I remember thinking when I was like in my you know late teens, early twenties, how I would like I would start to be uncomfortable because of that. Didn't know what it was at the time, of but I start to be uncomfortable. And instead of being like, "Hey, I have to go home because I my stomach hurts, or I need to use the restroom, or I need to, you know, all of those things," I would just deal with it. Sometimes upwards of eight hours, and I wouldn't <laughs> like, I wouldn't do anything about it until I went home. And I was like, "How did I live like that?" How did I live with that, like, my stomach was hurting, I needed to use the restroom, or I needed to just, you know, something, get away. I, I just didn't. I would just power through, and I would just, my body would just be literally screaming at me, and I wouldn't do anything about it. Like, I would just put up with it, on top of everything else that I was also uncomfortable with, all of the other things I just mentioned, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's, that's not including the mental or the emotional, like... That is just talking about the gastro or, like, dietary discomfort that your body was going through. And, like, holding that state of discomfort for years. Decades. Like, how long have you been working on yourself and, like, actually, like, breaking out of that track and, like... I would say it was, like, (laughs) like... I'm I'm turning 40 this year and I came out when I was 30 and I didn't really start like fully diving into it until a couple years after I came out. So like less than 10 years have I been working on myself and I've been dealing with these health issues my entire life. Right. Yeah. But but the mentality of it has changed, I'm sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. But like, but, but the sustained like you were saying, just the sustained discomfort and then yes. like I don't know. I don't know how we how we got through that. <laughs> I don't know. And do you ever think about this? The, 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 um, like, I wonder how much, um, sorry, I forgot to turn off. I forgot to turn off. I, I forgot have to turn a off fancy, everything. fancy little watch that makes a beautiful little chingering. It's so much better than a, like a buzz or like a, Ding. Yeah, it's very it's very lovely. It's fair. It's I just a lovely to turn tone. It off. It's yeah. not too loud. Can I turn my phone off? I bring my. I we've dealt with this before, where I have like. I have like a watch that makes noise when I get notifications and I have my phone and then I I take my iPad with me everywhere because yeah. I either draw or type or whatever, right? And so if I don't forget to, figure to turn the off, they all start beeping at the same time. It's very uncomfortable. But Well, and then in this space, you also check out the like the um, 
radio phone. So there's another phone. There's another phone, too. (laughs) And also, I always obsessively check my messages because I'm always paranoid that something bad's going to happen. And so I'm always like, I need to be accessible, but I also don't want to be like, ding, 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 right right right. in the mic, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, I forgot what I was going to say. What was I going to say? Do you ever think about this? Oh, how much... Thank you. Yeah. How much, like, what unnecessary damage was done to our bodies because of that? So, like, like, um, you know, not listening to your body in any capacity. You have a knee pain. You keep walking on it. That's going to cause damage. You keep doing that indefinitely. It's going to cause permanent damage. You know, like that kind of concept. Um, do you ever think about how much, like, I wonder what I did to my body because of all of that how much how we were taught to not only not listen to our bodies but actively go against it and power through how many like what have i what did i do to my brain by all those nights that i wasn't sleeping cuz i was working at the church and how what did i do to my body you know my stomach my my those issues by like not not f- doing the the normal bodily functions that our body has to do you know like what like what did what did i do to my body you know yeah all of those yeah. like like what am i paying for now because of all of that bullshit when i was younger and i'm not talking about just normal normal teenage 20s you think you're invincible i'm talking about part of our religious system was to i think we've talked about this about how denying your body yeah, like I did. We was it when we were talking about the 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 different the the difference between like sacrifice versus self harm. Yes, I have notes from that. Do you? <laughs> yeah, oh, I, do. I can't wait to hear them. Well, I mean, here I'll just. Oh, go you back have a notes page. from when we were talking when about we, it. I when we you talked made, about you had it, notes about what you wanted to um, say. But I mean, along the lines of that, just like people pleasing, mm-hmm. the people pleasing of like you did not have a choice, but other than to go along with what was expected of you. And oftentimes it was working a full-time job, having one, maybe two callings within the church, being a parent Um, sometimes, I mean, depending on how deep and how long you're in it. Um, Or partner or both. Yeah, right? And then like throw on the guilt and the shame that they throw at you for not doing more, for not having more energy, for not keeping going. Oh, you need to sleep? What's wrong with you? Like all of that. And to answer your question if if that if that comes to mind for me the thing that i have been like holding really heavily lately is that i'm seeing the results now of the brain damage yep. that i yep. maybe inflicted on myself but like really it started out that someone programmed me that way i i wrote something this morning it's so f- can i read something really quick no why why would you like to oh, okay. use your voice just, in this audio only podcast i'm just going to go <laughs> um, not allowed your your opinions are not allowed on this audio podcast that we do together <laughs> well thank you for clearing that up You're anytime <laughs> it's so funny that we're talking about this because i wrote this this morning um but and and if you follow me on on Instagram, you'll probably see this later. But um, there are so many stories in my body that aren't mine. So many narratives that have been pushed into my heart, my shoulders and hips, every single one of my cells. The voice of my intuition has been silenced for so long that I don't even know what she sounds like. 
The church was hot water and myself the tea bag. All of what made me unique in this world was steeped out of me, warped and changed, controlled so I couldn't so, controlled so I could be easier to hold, so I could be easier to understand. These days, time is so strange, feeling like a helpless child in a 28-year-old body, recognizing the patterns, the repeating patterns, but was it from last week or a decade ago? This internal universe gets so heavy, so quickly overcomplicated. So I've slowed down. I can't really start over, but I'm starting at the beginning. Breath, breath is how I connect with myself. Touch is how I connect with the world around me. Before words, before labels, these tools of connection are all we have. It's a mucky, sticky process, rewriting, rewiring safety in breath and touch as an adult. It's not impossible, but damn, that's all I'm doing right now. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. So that's like, that's like the wiring that we yes. have received, the yeah. miswiring of what the meaning is of this human experience. Yeah, I, sorry, go ahead. That's, that's the damage mm -hmm. that is done. Like the, the lasting effects in my life of religion are putting such a false narrative and a false belief on what the meaning of this life is. Mm -hmm. Because that's, like the meaning of life is really something that not one answer can define for every person. No. And I think it's really irresponsible for religion to claim that they have an answer for the masses. I think it's really I irresponsible. It's irresponsible for anyone to claim they have the answer to anything except a math problem. Well, exactly. And like we can talk about nutrition, we can talk about psychology. Like none, no one answer. And I know I'm getting heated about this. I'm Literally. taking off my sweater. Yeah. You're you're stripping right in front of me. This podcast is just getting... consensual stripping. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all this podcast is. <laughs> um, that's really what. We, that's why it's an audio only podcast. Yes, yes. This <laughs> is why we don't do YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying? <laughs> um, the answer is you see, oh, it's irresponsible. The the like nutrition, psychology, all of these things that these people, these institutions are claiming apply to every single body, I think is so uneducated and so yeah. irresponsible. Besides trauma, I don't think there actually is a universal experience. <laughs> you know, I think the one thing that most people, that the only, one of the only things that I think most people experience universally in at least America is trauma. Other than that, every there's no such thing as like a consistent universal experience, you know? But even then, like even in... And I and I don't okay, trigger warning. In in the richness of a violation happening to your body, mm -hmm. that is so wildly different for each individual. Like totally. even even if it happens exactly the same, which it doesn't, yeah. but there is such and how like the words that people use, how it touches in their body like how they heal from that mm -hmm. it's all so insanely different yeah that that i think is is the one connecting factor is that we the all that are having a, a yeah. human fucking yeah. experience we all have a body it's a different shape it's a different size it's a different color it has different abilities it has 
Different limitations. Different superpowers. Yeah, like, totally. But that is the connecting factor, mm-hmm. and and in, and that's that's what that's what I'm getting fiery about today is that no one person, institution, community, belief, n- one thing cannot apply to every single human experience. No, no, it's impossible. <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you for letting me read that. Yeah, of course. It was <laughs> I, beautiful. I loved it. It was I, really that, nice to say that out loud. <laughs> that, I, I immediately, the, when you were talking, to, when you said something about the the something, a story that was added to where you didn't get to write or something, I don't remember exactly how you read it, but I immediately had this like mental picture of like the concept of living life being that like you're writing a novel and that with our experiences with like trauma with particularly religion Mm -hmm. it's like somebody standing there like adding pages or like being like no 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 no, i'm gonna write this one so you've got this completely disjointed you know like you find yourself when you finally go oh wait i need to like i need to go back and read this and figure out what the fuck i'm doing and you're reading and you've got this just like book it like like a hundred different books, pages taken from a hundred different books and just shoved into this. And you're like, this makes no sense. And then you have to spend all this time going back through and finding the pages that you wrote and taking out all of the other ones. And then part of the mourning process is realizing that by the time you take out all of the other pages that someone else wrote, you've got 30 pages of this 3,000-page novel. If that. If that. (laughs) Like, you realize you basically didn't get to write anything and that what you did wrote write someone rewrote or or tore out or you know what i'm saying like yes i love i really appreciate that visual because that that oh, we were just talking about this that learned helplessness that someone mm-hmm. else has pages that i just need right yeah that yes. that i need someone else to give me these pages i can't search it out i can't do the digging for me i can't even write this myself it has to be written and hand it to me. Yes. That visual is really cool. But also what I liked about that is that by the end of it, you're you had like a novel, but by the end of it, you have a pamphlet. Like Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and, a brochure. Yeah. <laughs> and that like the it's so complicated. It's so complicated. But but for me, like the the shame or like the inadequacy that comes with that realization of like I'm and I know I keep pulling on age on this and I know that like even that is not a fair comparison that like I should be done with this by this age like that's not what I'm saying here but like I'm 28 and I only have three pages what the fuck have I been doing with my life (laughs) see okay pause that yes (laughs) will you write down since I can't find paper second second adolescence yes down um, Third, fourth. <laughs> queer people dash second adolescence. Um, <clears throat> that mindset, what I've been doing with my life, is something that I deal with on a regular basis and am just now starting to learn how to process it better. But the answer to that is surviving. What you've been doing with your life is surviving. And the whole, it's so difficult. And I have to remind myself the, of this all the time that the guilt and shame about your experience 
the guilt and shame about your abuse ex- experience is part of the abuse. So feeling bad about all the lost time because of your abuse is part of the abuse. Ah. That like <laughs> you like when we feel like I've wasted so much time or why didn't I go to a big one for me is that like, oh, when I realized I was queer, when I got out of the church, why didn't I immediately go to college? Why didn't I immediately start doing the things I want? Why didn't I take dance classes? Why didn't I, you know, get tattoos right then? Why didn't I get piercings right then? Why didn't I go back to college and get my psych degree? Why didn't I go to theater? You know, like, why didn't I start doing all these things? Why didn't I move? Because I was fucking, I was dying. I was mentally, psychologically, emotionally dying, and I had to fucking recover. And when you think about, you know, one of the best things for me to understand, and I think uh, one of my therapists helped me to do this, which was like finding, of course, there is no equivalent, but like it was a, it was a practice, not, not a, um, it was like a, a practice to help me understand, not like how it is. If that yeah, makes yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. Not a principle. It was a practice. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, thank you. You thank said you. it. I said it. Good yeah. job. That like finding an equivalent physical ailment to to what like the mental or psychological issues that you were going through so like you know like oh um you know my dad my dad yelled often what would that be the equivalent to oh maybe like a broken leg okay cool how does that long once you realize your leg's broken how long does it take to recover from that but then when you start adding up all the shit i've been through you know the sexual assault the being in a cult the abusive father the you know all of these all the of toxic those things, partnership the toxic the partner the 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 um medical care system being queer in a, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a um in a in a uh everything everything just it, all of it, it, it yeah <laughs> um it's basically like okay so you were and i think uh, maybe i'm making this up but i feel like i remember this like my my therapist basically being like oh okay so you were on life support so like the equivalent of that you would you would have been on life support, like a coma, like a coma, like like you like you were recovering from a death experience. Up. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, wow. Not just like it's because I equated it to uh. like, oh yeah, someone punched me in the arm and I should be over it by now. And and the therapist was basically like, no, you were dying and you barely survived, and that takes years to recover because there's the. You know, coming out of the coma, to use that as example, and then fig- like getting your body stable again, and then the physical therapy, and then the like, getting it's off years. of life support. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. years. It's not days. Yep. It's not even months. It's years before you can get back to the beginning. Because that's the thing is that we forget that the healing process, often especially for people with trauma, is that we think that the healing process is getting to. The destination, but the healing process for a trauma is often getting to the starting line. So then you have the rest of the race to to try to run, you know? Yep. And and like just getting to the starting line and being in a healthy body, quote unquote, healthy Mm -hmm. body, like being so prepared that you are at the starting line to start this race. Wow, that's another visual. Getting to the starting line at whatever age you're at in the same race that most people start when they're born. Right. So you're not getting to the, I'm not going to be getting to the 40-year-old starting line when I turn 40 this year, which FYI, 
be prepared because mm-hmm. I have made be- turning 40 my entire fucking personality and I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> that is all you're going to hear for the rest of the year and you're welcome. <laughs> I um, mean, when I turn 30, because yeah. that's my golden birthday also. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. I, spoiler alert, I was born on August 30th. So when I turn 30... I love how everything... I love how facts about you are just spoiler alerts. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. I don't know how My else to curly. bring them like, up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're, that's going to be a full year thing. Like as, Oh, absolutely. As soon as I turn 29, which is this year, crazy. Um, that's usually the one that comes usually before 30. usually how it goes, right? <laughs> um, just, I mean. Unless we're Benjamin Button. Who knows? <laughs> um... But yeah, that that anyway. like it, it, it's, it's how it should be. Like we should be making. I mean, the whole year should be about us, us every year, all the time, because that's how it is. But you know what? I'll take forty. That is how it is. But yeah, truly. like on my fortieth birthday, you know, I would if this if this was the like my starting point, I'd be starting back where everyone else starts at the beginning of their life. But I'm starting there at forty, and that's a visual that I think that a lot of people forget and need is because we we. We heal, we, we, you know, we, we heal from trauma. Um, we, we, we work on healing from trauma. And that when I feel like I'm coming out of this fog and I, I genuinely do feel like my life is kind of just now starting again, you know, and, and I'm, very, I'm very excited about that. I'm very happy about that. I'm, I'm feeling, you know, I'm financially stable. I've got stable housing, stable transportation. I'm starting to like, figure out what my priorities are and 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 living living those and it feels like I should be like 22 you know like right. 24 like getting my shit together and, and I'm 40 of your life. you know yeah. yeah and it's and it's just different and a lot of people think that when we come out of this fog we're coming out of it at the stage that you're you you normally or a lot of people are at 40 mm-hmm. and there's you know there's the point to be argued that society is you know like what we have been taught is normal stages of life is all bullshit yeah. yes i agree to that yes but um but also there we all have ideas of where we would have liked to have been at certain stages you of know course. of and course so yeah like it's 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 you're you're I don't like using the word behind. It's just that your stage is different. You're, you you, you got to run the same race, and that's fine. We're all running the same race. But just understand that when, you know, a 10-year-old is passing you, it's not because you're failing, you <laughs> right. know? Right, You just got out of a coma. You just got out of an emotional coma. Give yourself some time, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, that, and, the, and, you know, what you were saying about coming out of a fog, um, I, I, I was talking about this yesterday about, like how how now more than ever i feel more like myself than i have ever and it's like myself is becoming more clear and more strong every day but that like how how you lived all of those years with that amount of discomfort i think that too you were just surviving you were oh, plugged yes. into like a robotic, like doot doot doot, beep bop boop. Like yep. that's no questions asked. It, kind of like I was saying before, like the exploration of things could be easier, things could be different. That wasn't there. No. And and I feel like that 
element of not roboting anymore. You're not relying on others for the answers of your life. You're not waiting for the green light to do what you need to do for your body and for yourself. I think that's like, I, re I resonate a lot with that because I get really, really envious and really frustrated at those fucking 10 year olds that have those parents that just get to like help like enrich an emotional capacity yeah. like that yeah. my coworker was talking about a, her fucking five-year-old and how she can have the eloquence and self-knowledge of saying i'm having a rough day i just want to watch movies and color what? When when I like it's can I sh can I share something from her or from yesterday? I know I keep asking. I keep asking. The irony of that question about talking about autonomy and being able to do whatever you want, and then you just ask permission if you can talk about your life. Well, this goes along the same lines okay. of like the 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 stuntedness that comes along with yeah. a background that we have had mm -hmm. <laughs> um the last two days i have tried to simply verbalize what i need yeah and one of those things being a hug yeah from my partner who loves me dearly i started to verbalize that i needed a hug and my body shut down. I've never experienced anything like this, but that like, like I started saying, you know, can you give me a hug? And I just like, my throat caught mm -hmm. and I just started crying. And it was like, I had to grab the table. Like it was gnarly. And so that, like, that's what, that's yeah. that is a repercussion of the brain damage. Yeah, no, and and people <laughs> think we're talking about like when we're talking about like people think that when we're talking about like living for ourselves, doing what we want, asking for our needs, they think about like quitting your job and going off and and do and starting a new career, or, or like asking like, for a raise, or asking for a raise, or telling someone you know, setting a boundary with a friend. No, we're talking about like, will you pass me the cereal? Can't do hey, it. Hey, could you, nope. yeah, could you stop saying that word to me that's just universally offensive? Like, it's, we're talking about daily, like things that you probably wouldn't even think about because they're just part of, for most people, just how life is. You know what I'm saying? Natural communication. Saying that is yep. that is natural communication to one person. Yep. Where it sent me on a fucking rabbit hole to to my person. Like it's it's in it uh, it feels like insanity. <laughs> but like I just I it's 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 things like this podcast and mm -hmm. like the Mormons on Mushrooms podcast yeah. and um like listening to real life stories of how people in their 40s 50s are still dealing with this shit like it's that kind of stuff that is helping me feel more normal and more natural that that where i am on this stage i'm not behind
Like yeah. using those words of like I am behind implies that I should be somewhere else and that should be mm-hmm. is a dangerous road. So Well and also ugh. realizing that like even using the language like I'm not behind implies that there it is possible to be behind. Right. You're not. It's not possible to be behind. You like we are like I know I used the um example of the being you know starting line and and finishing mm-hmm. line but i was strictly talking about age right not right not uh not uh um like what you've accomplished not accomplishments just right like right age you're starting at an at, at, you're starting the race at an uh, at the age of 40 that most people start the race at the age of zero what you accomplish on that race is there's there isn't yeah it's just getting to yeah. the the finishing line is the only other destination you know right right um but that's not how it feels. That's not how we're taught. I mean, combining society with with religion, and there are so many, um, there are so many like milestones and destinations and all these things that that we're taught to believe exist, and they just don't. They just absolutely don't, you know. And and on that, the the I was I was hearing a, um, pardon me, an interview. It was another podcast, and they were talking about. Um, Second adolescence in queer people. That's right. Yeah, and the that um, in society in general, there are usually like five milestones that most people um, have, and it's like I I don't remember what all of them were, but they were pretty much the ones you would expect. You know, like uh, you know. like rolling over and first word. And... No, 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 no. I'm talking about lifelong. So like oh, okay, getting married, okay. buying a house, getting a job. You know, there was like those like okay, five okay. milestones of life that we normally do, that just most people do. You know, get a job, you know, have a partner, have a child, have a house. You Potentially know, like... heteronormative, but yes, still like totally. the, the, the milestones of life. Okay. Yeah. Like, gotcha, we, gotcha. like, yeah, like those are like we can all universally – Agree that most people do those things, most, um, or a combination of those yeah. things, and that um, that and the, and the, and they were talking about uh, how like you know you, you grow up or something past those you know, but that queer people not having the opportunity to do most of those things, um, and mm. then being forced to live a basically a fake life. This entire time that when the queer people come out, they basically start like a second adolescence going back, wanting to do all of the things that they didn't get the chance to do when they were younger wow. that they should have been able to, you know, and like so a that's prom, a prom, uh, like <laughs> I mean, holding your lover's hand for the first time in sleeping public. around, you right. know, like like having a quote unquote Safely. slut phase, you know, right. like that a lot of people do, which don't get me wrong. Being a slut isn't a phase. You yes. can do that whenever you would like. That's but a whole it is, other again, thing. <laughs> universally understood that usually that like your twenty slutty college years. Yeah, because your hormones are at their peak and you've just found freedom. So right. that's usually what happens, you know. Right. Um so it's stuff like that that like that's which just makes me remember and then you add trauma onto that and it's even more severe because um, like stunted, of, really. Like yeah, a no lot of, shame, but like stunted, really. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and and it explains also why it's like so many queer people often seem a little quote unquote immature, more immature than other people, especially queer people our age, because it's a generation, mm-hmm. even more so mine than than yours, because there's a decade between us. Like that, there's you know, like that that the um uh, the, you know, hopefully, and 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 it's you know that 
queer people below your generation maybe aren't as experiencing that as much. But like queer people my age or just below my age often seem a little bit more immature. But that's probably because they didn't start their life until 10 years ago. Right. You know? Right. And that's why for me, I'm like finding myself again, getting ready to turn 40 and wondering why all I want to do is go to work part time, clean my house and play video games. I just want to have a clean house that I can play video games in. And I don't, and I'm obviously, I am doing other things, but there's not too many things more than that that I want to. You know, like I just got someone asked me to be involved in something, another project. And I was like, oh, this would be really fun. I was like, but, which I was very proud of myself for doing this because I've been working on this, which is instead of just saying, that sounds fun, yes. I was like, that sounds like a lot of fun. Here's potentially my availability. I'll get back to you after the weekend. And but then the reason and I started thinking about it and I was like comparing doing this fun thing to giving up free time. Right. And I'm like, I just don't want to. And I feel bad that I don't want to because I feel like I'm capable and it would probably be enjoyable. But I just don't want to do that. You know, like I just want to have, I just want to, and and I just want to sit at home and play video games. You know, or like, right, like I just right. want to like have free time, or I want to read this murder mystery novel that I just started, and I want to do that for four hours. You know, right? Like, and I was thinking, oh, you about, want flexibility and yeah. autonomy with your time? Yeah. Oh, I want to weird. have downtime. I would like to do things at my house besides sleep. Yeah, um, which which. Uh, you know, going back to the programming, if you have free time, you're giving it to someone else. Or and, you should be. Or you should be. Or otherwise you're lazy or slothful. Uh, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Or you're a failure if you're not spending every single free <clears throat> moment of your day trying to do something. But that, I, I, you know, what I wrote, I feel like is, is not to toot my own horn, but what I wrote, I feel like is good advice for a lot of yeah. folks who have been traumatized mm-hmm. of just slow down this especially i was talking i was talking to a friend of mine and she was saying how like she's in her 40s and she feels not okay this is not like a standard to which everyone who has been traumatized should aspire to but in her 40s she feels so much younger than in her 20s yeah because they yeah and you know this is probably touching on the second adolescence of like sure she grew up to be an old person like Mormons are old people yeah when they're you know after either they go on a mission or get married you settle into a career you get a family and you stay there for the rest of your life yep and that is an well that's an old I mean no shame on old people but that is an old person structure for 20 somethings yes and so like this 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 flexibility that you're wanting or, or this like desire to have more stillness to to have a yeah. slower lifestyle that you don't have to go 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 you don't have to be constantly like thinking okay what's next okay what do i have to plan for okay do i have that ready oh my god i don't have that ready holy shit oh holy shit scramble, scramble. like yeah. it scrambles the mind and it doesn't allow for the settling and the um, connection that that we all need to our bodies, yep. but that those of us who grew up in these dynamics were just simply denied. Yeah, just yeah. simply flat out 
not allowed to connect with your body, with your intuition. And these are all called different things. Sure. But this this um, control on our own capacity to connect with ourselves. Yeah. It scrambles the fucking brain. Yes. And that's what I'm yes. living with. <laughs> I was thinking about this exact concept this week, I think, about how just kind of like one of those like, oh, my God, I can't believe we did that. But the <laughs> that like you were very much expected to like graduate high school, find someone, marry, have kids, get a house, rent or own, but have a house and then, you know, have a job and then done. That is by like. I mean, you were way behind if you were if you were doing that by 25. Yeah. It was yep. supposed to be like 20, between 20 and 22, you know? You were an old maid if you were 25 yeah. and unmarried. And I was woman. like, what? So you're just supposed to, like, arrive at the last destination of your life at 22 years old and then just stay that way for the next 60 to 80 years? Just never do anything different? That is to me, and I did that. That's exactly what I was yep. married. I got married two days before I turned twenty-two. Like, yeah, and 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 it's like I was just wow. expecting to live that way for the exactly that way for the rest of my life. Like, that's just so sad. It's just so sad. No wonder there's like, you know, like rampant divorce, rampant infidelity, rampant. You know, like all like you know abuse in 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 the the i mean besides just the 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 things that we all right understand that like religion or toxic religion encourages just from just a like a, a sociology sociological standpoint like no wonder all of these things go to shit so fast that's not how people are supposed to live right you know like you, you it it's it's just it's it's really depressing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I I I really have found a lot of healing in that idea that nothing is supposed to stay the same. And in no. fact, it is dangerous if something is staying the same. Yes. Within reason, yes. of course. You want some things to, you know, be reliable and constant. Like for some people it's having a safe and secure and warm home. For some yeah. people it's having a job. Like some things you do want to stay the same. But even within the scope of a job, if you're, okay, imagine, imagine with me that mm. you are working in an office for five years. Let's just, let's just start with one year, shall one, we? Yeah, totally. An office, you go, you drive to the same place, you park in the same spot, you, you go to the same cubicle, you do the same work, you leave, you go home. You do the same things and you do it all again. Like it that for a year and you're unhappy could kill you. Yes. But absolutely. let alone five, let alone 15, let alone 20. But that is what is expected of, of these young kids mm -hmm. <laughs> that are coming out of religion. Yep. Well, within religion, they're growing up and they're plopped into this career that they need to find, and usually it's really secure stuff like dentistry, orthodontistry, lawyers, um, medical sometimes, but that's a lot of time consuming for the world. And so like Not medical- Not because you won't be able to focus on Jesus as Yeah, much. medical is, is a little less um, encouraged um, because you need to spend more, most of your time on the religion. But 
like those big grand like carpentry is a good one <laughs> like the, yeah. the the the, mm-hmm. the big high paying things like it's really awesome that they encourage these young kids to start a career like that but if it's not what your heart and soul is craving like being forced into that structure into that system and the legal system is a goddamn mess it, it's oh. so stressful and if your nervous system can't sustain that and you're thrown into that it's Walk. just a recipe for disaster <laughs> and that and and we're seeing the disaster like yes. the divorces the like crazy examples of suppressed anger and sexuality um, the violence that is happening, like it's it's it, yes. all it's all connected, folks. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's I, this is kind of going. This is something that I'm just kind of like putting together, so I probably won't put it very eloquently. But I remember there were two things growing up in church that were like the most terrifying things that could I could have ever that could, you could ever do as a Christian. One of those was blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Is that like denying it even though you had a testimony of yeah, it? Yeah, like, like yep. basically like, like I don't even remember what blasphemy was. I think basically like saying the Holy Spirit didn't exist when you knew it did or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Intentionally. We had, yeah. And that was the unforgivable sin. So if you did that, you were going to hell, period, yeah, no yeah. matter what. The only, the other thing was that we were constantly told regularly told was that if you unalived yourself, you would go straight to hell because you didn't have time to repent for murder. It was murdering yourself. So there was regular, as children, we were told this. And so the point, so like where I'm going with that. Yeah, don't think too hard about it. That's just a lot to wrap your head around. Yes, that's why I'm saying like, just let's let's pass by the window of that one and go to the store. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm just now realizing that like fear being the strongest motivator, it was like somebody had to have known that this structure is so damaging to the psyche that a lot of people would find that as the only escape. So they had to keep you away from that in some one way or another. Because what I'm thinking is that like, what, and 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 this is a, a dark place and I don't want anybody to dwell here, but but just- We're gonna like, take think, a break after this. Let's yeah, totally. Just, but just yeah. think about the, the, the point that I'm making is yeah, that yeah, yeah. when you trap somebody into a cycle that they can't get out of, what's the f- one way that they realize they can get out of that cycle? And we have to keep them away from that because we want them to stay in the cycle. So it was like, let me push you to the brink of of insanity, but then and th- but then tell you that that insanity is sinful, so you have to not go there. It's it's quite literally a fate worse than death. You know, like it is miserable because I was there. I was so fucking miserable. I was so fucking frustrated and sad and hated myself and hated no everything way I was doing, but had no way out of it didn't think i had a way out of it yep you know yep like was just fully convinced Mm -hmm. i was fully convinced that there was no way out and that is that is like the deepest darkest type of manipulation in my opinion you know that like like that that um that like let's push you to the brink of of like human misery but then also take away your only way of of escape and 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 relief you yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's tragic. I mean, and and keep in mind that, like you were saying, it is a fate worse than death because what we're talking about is our eternal souls. This yeah. is for eternity. This is the this is going with the belief that should you do this thing which will damn your soul, it's going it, it just I don't I don't think we can comprehend eternity. No. No. But, no, we can't. Our our brains like fundamentally are not made to comprehend that. Right. And and, and it's it's so funny that that you're describing your experience in that because Mormons have their own different flavor of it. Really? Yeah, they do. So for um the the worst thing that you could do is have a testimony of the Holy Ghost and go back on it. Like and then like you could think it casually even, like an accidental thought. You but could think that the Holy it. Ghost is not real or that it's false or that mm -hmm, the religion mm -hmm. is false any any like flavor of that even an accidental thought you're going to the lowest level of heaven and mormons think there are three three levels and then maybe like an actual hell i don't know yeah <laughs> i don't know it's been a while um which is kind of nice yeah um but i would like to forget those things so perfect yeah <laughs> <laughs> i am trying to forget yeah. <laughs> um and then the uh like you can't escape it even after death kind of thing. Um, they have baptism for the dead, which I think I've, yeah. I've touched on which a little was bit. Wildly like, like it was, uh, it's, oof. That, yeah, that, it was that was a triggering thing. For that, me. Was that was a crazy was episode. That was with yeah. Holly. Yeah. Um, that was pretty intense. It was probably one of the only times I actually almost had to leave. Yeah. 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 Um, so I won't go t too deep into that, but like, yeah, it's, it is, you know, my partner and I have talked a little bit about how, like, what if someone wrote the Bible or, like, these things as a joke? They're like, oh. oh, my God, how funny would it be? Like, let's write down that, like, masturbating is bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Absolutely. Oh, breathing? No, we'll give them breathing. No, they yeah. can breathe. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't, I mean, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me, you know? But at the same time, like, or like a job manual. Like it was like basically right. like the equivalent of a job manual. And it was like, no one was supposed to take this. Like this isn't applicable to everything. It's only applicable to that. Why are you taking this manual for Target and living your life by it? Right. You know? Wow. That's a Don't whole do other that. visual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's not, it is not his intended purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, but maybe it's time for a break. Oh but yeah. It's funny. So. It's funny that, that. I don't know when it started. I'm sure there's hist history on our side there, but I don't know when it started, but all religions are ultimately the same. They're mm. they're trying they are using psychological tools to manipulate people to do what they want for their benefit. Mm -hmm. They being mm. the religion, they being the priest, bishop, whatever. Yeah. But ultimately that's the dynamic here is that they are manipulating a human experience for these people to do what they want and in this case i mean in a lot of cases it's money yeah in a lot of cases it's access to bodies that you shouldn't have access to yep but um any religion yeah. that has a goal besides self-realization is is in my opinion 
bad. You know, like that. Manipulative. Yeah, it's manipulative. Unless any kind of structure that is not just actively trying to help you figure out what's best for you, then it's not. It's it's not good. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break. I am have been on this. I don't I don't know who experienced that song, but you're welcome because that is seriously that guy's voice is incredible. And those notes and this song, oh yeah. I don't like singing music like music in theater and then musical theater. Cool. Yeah. Is like one of those things that like there are there are <laughs> there are two there are only two like like a couple things that there is a feeling that I've only experienced in like a couple situations and it's like songs like that where that has those like ridiculous like incredible vocal ability and then uh the the moment that the lights go down on mm. a play when the lights in the lobby go down on a play and the lights on the stage come up and that first note of a musical gives me like a feeling that I don't feel in anything else mm. at every any at all. You're a musical sexual. That's what's that's happening. That's what I was going to say, <laughs> which is one of the things that should have helped me realize I'm on the asexual spectrum. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like sex is great, but have you been to musical theater? Like, <laughs> There you go. You know, for some people, it's one thing. For yeah. other people, it's I would, musical theater. I would legit take musical theater over sex any day. No joke. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a completely different podca- podcast. Um, I was just trying to think of mine, like I, what I would rather have over sex, and I'm not, I don't Generally know. Generally almost anything. Oh, <laughs> Food, coffee, musical theater. Coffee's a good one. Yeah. Coffee's a really good it's one. It's just not that exciting to me. That's fair. At I least, mean, uh, at least sex as we generally understand it. There are also many different variations that will that could and are more enjoyable to me. But like, just like the overall sex, fifth, this thing, no, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. I I once held that 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 not okay. Not implying that this is a phase or anything, but I I once I once like held that of like I do not like anything about sex mm-hmm. and even like using the word sex it makes me uncomfortable um sometimes but like physical intimacy feels a lot easier for me to say um but like slowing it down once again slowing it down and like breaking it up into like what about it do I not like? Do I not like connecting with my body? Do I not like connecting with someone else's body? Do I not like the sounds? Do I not like the smells? Do I not like the actual like tactile sensations? Mm -hmm. Like all of these things, it just, it, it's just a different level of self exploration. And like some people come to the conclusion that like none of it, like this, this is what sexuality is. Some people come to the conclusion that none of it is for them. 
and then some people fall into a fun other flexible yeah, totally. like realm that like some of it but not all of it and like what it looks like how it feels like and that is the heteronormativity of these messages that you get married you have kids yeah. like it should all look the same but none of it really is the same totally <laughs> but nobody yeah, talks about no, that nobody tells you and and i my feelings about sex and intimacy are wildly more complex than I'm making them right now. But like, this isn't the kind of like the time or the place to talk. I could, sure, I sure. could break it down to you. I mean, break it down for like, I could break it down in that, like exactly what, like you said, the tactile sensations, yeah, the smells, yeah. the, 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 you know, like what I don't enjoy about that aspect. I could, I could break it down into the, like, you know, uh, different types of, of sexual act, acts that I yep. do or do not enjoy and why I do not enjoy them. And then all of the, like, the, you know, the other aspects of, like, just, like, the 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 intimacy part versus, like, the kink. There's the, all the kinks out there mm -hmm. that maybe I have or have not explored and what I did or did not feel about them. And mm -hmm. all of that, like, all, I mean, to me, it, like, sex is, like, you know, it's it's this wide expanse of subject that you can't actually definitively say I do or do not like sex. That that's too right. broad of a, a statement to actually be accurate. So uh, so, but in general, you know, all that being said, you still don't said, like sex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All that being said, I don't like sex. You know, which is totally valid. It's totally valid. Um, but but yeah yeah it's it's also why you know like the for sexuality also is like why I identify as pansexual because if I you know like because I I have a, a pretty specific or you I I know what I'm attracted to and and I and I, I it's actually pretty specific for me but because other terms according to society have been accepted to mean very specific things that I don't, that are not, I am not limited to, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to use those terms because that's not specifically what I'm referring to. And I'm not interested in excluding um, certain people because I use this term that doesn't actually mean that, right. but like everyone assumes it does, right. you know, that kind of yep. thing. So it's like sexuality is too broad of a, of a topic to be, you know, limited to one or two phrases. So that's yeah. a, that's something I would love to talk about sometime about. Yeah. Like, I mean, that. we've we've talked about having a sex episode, I think, since we've started and we've this. we've never done it. Yeah. It's just a loaded topic. It it's, is. It's a uh, it's a heavy topic for me. Well, and also <laughs> with and I am not saying this. I'm not saying this in any kind of negative connotation at all. But like it's something that we would have to talk about like weeks in succession to even stay on track. And you know, and 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 with you being here once a month, like we right. would forget everything we talked about, and we'd do one of two things: either rehash the same subject over and over and over again because I can't remember <laughs> we talked we about would. it, or we would like be so disjointed that nothing would make sense because we would jump onto whatever thought we were having that day. Yeah. So that's the other thing yep. that we either need to like talk about one thing so that we can do it in two hour limitation yep. or just accept the fact that we're going to be all over the place for the next year. <laughs> yep. And that's, and both are fine. I mean, yeah. you know, we can have episodes like this where we 
have like all of the plans that we made have just been completely changed and we are going off of the conversation that we're making right now totally. or we could have other episodes that we've had where we have a, a strict topic that we stay to like 30 percent of the time for sure so either way we're winning because we're but, here <laughs> but honestly with the frequency of which you are here it, it it does open up the opportunity to kind of have a long conversation about something it's you know, true. with guests that come in, That's you know, true. every month or every other month on this specific topic. Like, like we could realistically tackle sex for the rest of the year on our episodes. It's you true. know? It's true. And that would be fun. I'd fucking love that. Like, because as uncomfortable as I am about sex, I love talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, love, I... I love dissecting it. Um, I... I agree. I agree. It's hard for me to talk about, um, but I think it would be a really good room for grow a growth opportunity. Oh, I I love <laughs> leaning into the discomfort. Like I think I've talked about um, Brene Brown's TED Talk that I watch. You know that I've watched many times that she talks about. You know, um, uh, being a social worker and a um, and uh, uh, data analysis. She does data, like I think it was data analysis and a social worker, which are basically two complete, like, like one education she has is everything can fit into a box and be explained. And then the social work, which is all feelings and there's no explanations. It's like it's math all. and psychology. Exactly. And, and she like puts those two things together. Such a badass. And learned about vulnerability and like approached, you know, approached vulnerability with this data analysis type brain, you know? And 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 love I I mean, I'm going to we'll probably watch that today cuz I fucking love that. And uh and uh, where was I going with this? What was I what was I talking about? Oh, but she talks about how um her her education with social work taught her to lean into the discomfort you know so if something if you come up against something that's uncomfortable lean into it and fuck if that wasn't just that statement wasn't life-changing that like oh this is uncomfortable and also learning the difference between uncomfortable and dangerous or uncomfortable and Ooh. damaging and uncomfortable that's wisdom and, and triggering <laughs> sure yeah, totally yep. is very different this is like a, this isn't harming me but it is uncomfortable let's go for it yes let's let's keep pushing that 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 an example of that is my partner doing my nails. It was yes. extremely uncomfortable, but it was very safe. Yeah, it was very safe even. to leave yeah. it to lean into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but the the uh, I I want you to send me that Brene Brown. Um, I'll do it right now. Lecture because I f I freaking love her when when she talks about when she starts talking about vulnerability, she gets such an anger about her of like. Why did I have to approach vulnerability? Why did it have to be that one? Like, why do I have to learn this lesson? Because we should already know it. <laughs> yeah, or just like that's not for me. I, it it just goes to show how vulnerability is the lacking factor in so much of our lives. And that's yes. something that I'm finding too in this in this life of brain damage is that the this life of brain damage my autobiography <laughs> oh that could be problematic anyway um we 
Or... That could be problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but not um, in the ways you think it would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to derail you, but... I, de- you I were... derailed myself. Okay, cool. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of sex... <laughs> <laughs> you had a topic that you wanted to talk about when you came here. Yes. And we've just been rattling on about very interesting other topics. But <laughs> Well, now that we have 15 minutes left. Um... <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. No, it's we all good. We do. Maybe well, we, we have can 20. Like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I could either go into that topic or I propose. A toast. <laughs> I propose this thing that uh, a new podcast that I've started listening to does. It's called a Linda Listen. A what? Linda Listen. Linda, 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 comma, listen? Yes. It's a segment <gasps> type thing. Linda Listen. That. Yeah. That's yes. basically it. Like, it. whoever you need to just, like, prattle on for a second to or just, like, you know? Yep. Do I need to explain anymore? No, you said Linda Listen. Okay, that great. Was- I feel like it was all encompassing. So, so we could we could do that, but I feel like we could Linda listen for the rest of the episode. So, I mean, I really would like to at least I don't know. I feel like yeah. you should like even if you have to summarize it. I feel like you should summarize it, okay. and then like we can earmark it for the next like, yes. episode. Yes, and if you're still feeling it, then we should dive into it. But I feel like you should like summarize it for this one because i want to hear it because i'm genuinely intrigued. okay 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 okay. Yeah. okay so my therapy session this last week you know talking about um making friends in the mm-hmm. world and like human relating in your job with your partners friends all of it mm-hmm. the difference between choice and control in that like when you're relating to people, what often happens is like you lean in for a second, you get to see who they are a little bit more of like what's going on, but uh-huh. then you lean back, like lean out. Uh-huh. You go back to your home, you go back to what's familiar. Yeah. And then, you know, when you when you lean back in with either a person or a community or, um, and this could be as like shallow, like intimate f- friendship or, like deep 15 year long partnership, you know, yeah. like, um, but principle but, is applicable to both is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yes. The, this applies to every single like human relating dynamic kind sure. of thing okay. where you can lean in for a moment and then you can lean out. But, and that's choice that, that agency, that autonomy of like, I am choosing to lean in to see more of you as a human and, you know, if you're not leaning in, then maybe I'll lean back. And that's the consent part of it, that you're both leaning in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when when I lean out, that's my choice. When I lean in is my choice. So the difference is control, where I'm going to stand in the very far corner and just watch everyone else. That, like, I am... I am not a uh, part of this human experience, but I am I am more safe on the outside than okay, okay. than I am 
with either not yes. believing that yes. I have the agency or not even wanting to approach the vulnerability. Yes. Yes. Of okay. leaning in with someone. So controlling your environment environment versus choosing to engage. Yeah. Okay. Because I often think they're the same thing. And that's what we were told. Totally. That because you didn't have the choice. No. You just had to be in your environment, period. Yes. And you only had the luxury of controlling your environment because that was survival. You controlled how you interacted with people to survive. You didn't have the choose to engage or interact. And you didn't have the choice to go home and take care of yourself. You didn't have the choice to, to set, go home. To set boundaries. To lean out. To lean out. To, you didn't to, have to that choice. Yeah. Especially both of us. I'm I, I this is I'm realizing how much of an introvert I am, and I'm not entirely sure if I've always been an introvert and have just been going against that, or if it has changed due to trauma versus and age. You know, trauma as well as age. I'm not entirely sure. I actually haven't researched if that's a thing, but but I'm realizing how introverted I actually am. At least ambervert for sure. Where I I need. Have you heard of that? No. It's yeah. Look it up. Look it up. I, ambervert. Um. It's it's some. It's not introverted or extroverted. It has tendencies of both, but it's its own description. And it's it's a lot of like like um. You know, social interaction can energize you or drain you, but you don't really know until you get there. And so sometimes. Oh, my God, you, that's me. Yeah, it's it <laughs> oh. describes me to a T. Yeah. Sometimes if you push through, you feel better. But sometimes you get there and you realize you have to leave immediately. And then but you always need time to recharge and, you know, charge. And so um, I'm realizing how much how many more introverted tendencies I have but realizing how much I wasn't honoring those, like realizing that mm. like I need to recharge. I if I if you would like me to continue to be a good person, and if you would like me to not have murderous tendencies, <laughs> I have to go home. Yeah. It's not about like me being flaky, which I always thought it was. Right. It's not about me not doing enough or not being a good friend. Or whatever. It's about this is how my body and brain functions. And if I don't honor that, I'm not honoring you. Yeah. I'm not honoring anyone. Right. I'm actually and causing for harm. Yes. For, for what reason? So that you can have more time? So you can check off a box that says you hung out with a person, you talked to your parent, like whatever. That we're, we're, we're actually friends now because we hang out exactly four hours every other right, day. Right. No, it's not. That's not going to. It's not, it's actually not going to deepen our relationship. It's actually not going to make anything better. Can can I share an experience from my therapy that is along the lines of yeah. I'm more introverted than I think I am? Um, yes, please. Thank you. Yes, please. By all means. You have um, my permission, which you apparently you seem to thank think you, you need. I, I do. <laughs> I need it, apparently. Um, yeah, you don't. I'm honoring, I'm honoring <laughs> this feeling, but... Reminding you, you don't. <laughs> Thank you. Um, in it, while I was moving, I had this memory flashback of my childhood hand, like my child hand, mm -hmm. reaching down and picking up a pebble. Mm -hmm. And it, it, so the memory was I was a child and picking up a pebble on mm -hmm. a on a sandy beach, whatever. Yeah. In my moving, when I was doing that in my home, 
I broke down and started crying. <laughs> and and it took some unpacking with a skilled professional um, to realize that there was a part of me. So a little backstory, when I was a kid, I could strike up a conversation with literally anyone. I would make friends in five minutes flat. N easily. Really? Easily. Whereas my sister was very, very, very withdrawn and very shy. There's a lot of trauma and bullying that played into that, but like we were very, very different energetically in that way. And and it and there there was a part of me at that age that felt that that is what you did. Like that outward, like you go out and you find friends because that's what's safe. Mm -hmm. But there was a part of me that simply wanted to go into nature and find a pebble. Mm. Like there was a part of my young self that wasn't allowed to do what she wanted to do. Yeah. And that was just to go and be silent and be Alone in solitude. Be, yeah, connect with nature. With nature, mm -hmm. but but society, you know, like how people saw me, if I went over it, like what a loner, what a totally. weirdo. What a weirdo. She just Why wants to wanna, be yeah, on a beach yeah. and like stare at pebbles. Weird. You want to waste neurodivergent. your day. Yeah, you want to waste your day on the beach when you could be that's my that's my dad. You want to yes. waste your day doing nothing when you could have X, Y, and Z, made more money, went to a job, worked a second job. You don't want to go to a bar and hang out? like. You don't want to like do another ministry or take on a 13th ministry because you have free time? <laughs> you don't want to like go talk to that person and make friends because you they're standing there people? alone? Yeah. No, Beverly, I don't want to meet new people. I actually don't like the people I already know. So please. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so there was this mourning for my mm -hmm. young self that wasn't allowed to just be silent and be alone and be with nature. I'm having I'm having a similar experience, but like like a similar principle experience. Is that, is that, does sure. that make sense? It makes sense. But like not that that experience. I'm having an experience where I was ex so when I was a kid, I was exactly the opposite. I was your cliche, stereotypical neurodivergent introvert. Mm. I had no social skills. I hated all human interaction. I would do one tiny little thing. Like I remember one time like shaking my cousin's hand and it was a little awkward as sometimes when you do, when you like go to shake someone's hand and they went in, you know, like that's like, oh, huh, the, huh, whatever. the height yeah, level, told, the yes. angle, the sweatiness of the palm. <laughs> I replayed that in my head for years, you know, like all social interactions. I would go to church and I would just like walk in the door, sit on the pew and stay there. And we're talking up until I was like, 12 or 13 years old, you know, like, wow. and I would just sit there. And if no one came to talk to me, I didn't talk to anyone. And I, I, every single time I darkened the church doors, it was anxiety inducing. Like I was terrified and I loved nothing more than to just sit in my room and read a book. I'd read a book for hours. Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go hiking. I didn't want to go to the beach. I didn't want to go do, I did, but I didn't like want to, I would have rather have just stayed home. Mm -hmm. 
in theory. Like my home eventually, my, my home was in a safe space, so I didn't want to be there. But but your home, theory, was the book, yes, yeah, yeah, was yeah totally, the ex- was the escape. That's what I wanted to do, and then eventually was forced because of church and all this stuff. I had to become Grow social. Up. Yeah. And it was that, you know, my dad telling me I always had to work and then church telling me I always had to do things and had to be involved. And and ministry was about saving people. So you had to be charismatic. You had mm-hmm. to be extroverted. Yeah. You had to the whole witnessing thing. Oh, fuck. That was just miserable to me talking to people. And then I fell into being a hairstylist, which was like the the antithesis is everything about my personality. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a difference. There's a difference between being capable and or good at something and enjoying it. Yes. I am good at talking to people. I am good at making people like me. That's also trauma. <laughs> um, I am good at like assessing people and knowing you know like like relating to them Mm -hmm. i don't enjoy it and i'm going i'm in the stage of my life where i'm like oh if i just want to sit at home all day and play video games and read and crochet like i can fully do that with my life like yeah that's who i wanted to be as a kid so i'm like i'm not i definitely have had a mourning phase and i mourn it sometimes but i'm more of in like this like giving myself permission to be like, yeah, fuck, you want to spend your days off doing nothing? Mm -hmm. Do that. Mm -hmm. You want to wake up? I got up at 7.30 this morning because just fucking, that's one of the things that happens when you turn 40. You wake up earlier every year after that. You wake up an hour earlier. (laughs) And so I was just up and got out of bed at 7.30 so I could start my day by playing video games for three hours before I left because I needed to disconnect before I was going to interact with people socially. That is how I am wired. And not being able to honor that for so long is is very detrimental. Yeah. So yeah. that I'm really glad you explained that because it like unlocks a lot of things in my brain. Yeah. It's it's um it's changed a lot about how I've seen um my own like expansions in making new friends and trying to relate to people because I do feel compelled to have that like flashy like I deserve to be your friend like you want me in your life I promise like my friend it's my only form of validation (laughs) absolutely absolutely and there's there's an un there's an unhealthy sense of self in here that yeah that you know we're working on every day but but the the difference is is that I I have been in control mode where I have not like, you know, sitting in the corner with your arms crossed is very different than like even standing kind of farther away from the wall with your arms at your side, you know, like, and I have been putting myself in the corner, whether consciously or not, I have been arms crossed in the corner. Don't look at me. Don't touch me. Like I'm here, but I'm not really here for all of my life. Yeah. And so this um, this different way of seeing human relating has been really helpful in like bringing back that I do have autonomy of yeah. when and who and for how long mm-hmm. I get to lean in. It is wildly empowering to even think about the concept that I am capable of just being like, okay, I'm done. Oops. So Bless I was you. Say sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mike. Mike, not Michael, but this Mike, Mike is a thing. It's an object. Um, yeah. 
Michael's not an object. This mic is an object. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All the mics out there. Anxiety. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, it's wild, like, like realizing that I can just say, I'm done with this interaction, so I'm going to go home now. Or, like, yeah. I am tired, so I'm going to go home. Like, leaving is very, like, I just the amount of daily interactions, the just the most common interactions, the things that I don't feel like I'm allowed to do. One of the most anxiety-inducing things for me is knocking on doors. Mm. I, like most of my friends, you included, you know, I, that's one of the reasons I, like when, like when, if we are going You'll somewhere, just text I text me. you. Yep. I, all of my I friends know. know that. Mm-hmm, all of my friends know that, like, I text you. I will, I have recently like went over to someone's house and text them that I was there and they weren't paying attention to their phone and I stood there for 10 minutes they and then I was just it was a very high anxiety day so it was I I may have sometimes I will just knock on the door but I just left and went home and then they finally were like oh hey yeah I'll be done in a second I'm like that was 20 minutes ago I'm already home they're like what the fuck and I'm like I you know I don't knock on doors I don't do it and just so the like the just the concept of just simple daily life simple daily life things that like i just don't feel like i'm allowed to do leave when i'm tired you know like uh uh just you know i don't know say no thank you yeah <laughs> like i mean someone offers you a coffee and it's not what you want and you can say no thanks i'm not interested but oh they already made it i have to take it you know right. whatever those kinds of things yep. you know yeah the the simple act of not knowing that you can say no yeah that's huge yeah that it's it's like mind-boggling to me to this day so yeah. like the concept of like the concept of choosing to lean in I can get the concept of choosing to lean out. What? No. That's yeah. not. You can't do that. You can. You have to lean in and wait for them to lean out. And then you can lean out. Then you can sneak away when no one's looking. <laughs> yeah. And then, you like, know? pray and hope that they'll they... come back to you. Yes. <laughs> for that glimmer of, mom of or a moment. Or pray and hope that they don't because you're tired <laughs> and you want to go home and sleep. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes. Ooh. It's rough. That too. It's. I mean, I think we're both on the same page in the sense that I preach up and down. Always feel free to cancel plans with me. All you never are obligated to to say yes. You can, you can, you know, like I completely understand any reason, no explanation necessary. You just can't make it today. Absolutely fine. But then me, I will always be there. I will never say no. I will never cancel plans. I will never go home early because it is not allowed, and that makes me a horrible person. And, and slash if slash when you do cancel on someone, it is the worst thing. It's, you know, that's the end of the friendship. It was yep. nice while it lasted. They're never going to talk to me again. Nope. Yep. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yep. The, it, that, that's it. I've ruined it forever. I might as well just, and to take it a step further, I might as well never, I might as well just operate on the assumption that they hate me and behave that way. Yes. Which then actually has done more damage to friendships than whatever it is I thought I did. Yep. You know? Yeah. Well, because then, I mean, for me, it manifests and I just simply won't reach out to someone until they reach out. And a lot of people in my life at this moment are going through some shit. And so 
there are a million reasons why they can't initiate a conversation. But in my mind, it's because they hate me. Yes. Well, oh, 100%. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I genuinely, to this day, think that if I haven't heard from you in a while, it's because you hate me. Yeah. And I know. Yep. How me. funny. I know that sounds like a joke, but it's actually not. No. Yeah. No. It's- and I've I've even thought about texting people like, I know it's been a while. I don't know if I did anything, but I'm I'm I apologize if I said anything or caused you to think that you couldn't have a friend in me anymore. And like and I mean like COVID hit. Yes. And people simply stopped responding to text messages because no one could respond to text messages unless it was emergency. Because one, we weren't allowed to do anything anyway, so what was the point? And two, <laughs> We were all at at capacity. Well, if you if you weren't working, you were at home. Yeah. And if you were working, you had zero time. Exactly. And 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 that, that's what I, everyone was at capacity for one reason yes, or another. Yes. Yes. And so they're like them not responding to you had nothing to do with you. We were fucking dealing with a global pandemic and trying to pay our bills, but yet no, it was because everyone hated me. Yes. It was, it's, it's because I did me. something. Mm-hmm. Whatever. One of the, some of the best. Um, oh, God, fuck, we have to be done. Okay, um, okay, okay. But the, one of the best, some of the best advice I ever got from a therapist was on this topic was them explaining to me that me saying those things to people was actually taking away my agents, was actually taking away their agency to decide on how they feel about it. So me, mm. even simple statements like, like, think about this. Think about this. Think about this. This is the one I play in my head all the time. Linda, listen. Yeah, Linda, <laughs> Linda, listen. Um, <clears throat> hey, um, what are you doing later? Do you want to grab coffee? It's totally fine if you don't want to. You don't need my permission to say no. But because I oh. think, because mm-hmm. I think I need your permission to say no, I put that out there to make you more comfortable but what it actually is doing is setting the press is taking away the agency away from you to realize you don't need my permission. It's actually border. It's closer to manipulation than it is consideration. And mic drop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, and on that note, goodbye. <laughs> that's rattled my brain because yeah, I am guilty. That I do that all the time. That, yeah, I yep. do that all the time. Yeah, and and that. And the the big thing is the whole like, hey, have I done something to offend you? Um, immediately that person goes, well, did they? Well, no. And then and and then it mm. it like, and then it puts them in the place where they have to deny it or confirm it. And so then again, it it it's sets it sets a precedent. Yeah. Of your relationship, where now they have to be constantly worried that they're not offending you. Right. Even though you were trying to make sure you hadn't offended them. Yep. So you're actually, it's basically that like self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you think that's the only, it is wildly and painfully uncomfortable for me to to not do those things uh-huh. because I'm so concerned but I just have to remind myself that like that is a form of manipulation uh-huh. that we were taught that we were told was consideration and it's not it is it's manipulation Shit, and dude. when you realize that manipulation is abuse it puts a whole new light on that behavior yeah and yep. and and again it's I understand what my intentions are but 
in they reality, don't. exactly in reality, intentions versus impact. It doesn't matter what your intentions are if your impact is negative. Shit. Yeah, it's like a fucking, it's like a fucking conspiracy theory. But if conspiracy theories were real, and they this had would to, be it. And they would have, and they had to do a psychology. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my yeah, god. isn't that mind boggling? That's crazy. I needed like a therapy session to talk to my therapist about that therapy session. <laughs> is that not what therapy is? Are yes. you not going to two therapists? Yeah, to talk about one therapist to talk about what you need and the other therapist to talk about that therapist. <laughs> Literally, honestly, and I, we can end on this note and this is not a joke. I'm going on that track where yeah. I am, I am seeing a somatic therapist where we are digging in and like processing the backlogs of emotional tickets and traumas. And I am now exploring a second therapist of integration. Yeah. Oh, I, I genuinely, if I could, if I could find one th fucking therapist, I'd be happy. But if I could, I would go to a therapist for queer issues. I'd go to a therapist for um, religious trauma. I'd go to a therapist mm. for um, uh, 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 sexual sexuality, sex, mm -hmm. uh, my uh, being a survivor of sexual assault. I'd go to a therapist for then just how to how to live life with ADHD slash PTSD slash whatever neurodivergent brain I have. You know, yep. I would go to I'd be going to therapy five days a week because I would have five different therapists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I could, I would. Right. Because I need that. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I say that like I'm giving myself shit for it. And I know that I sound really ungrateful, but truly like the professionals that I've had access to have made the work that I'm doing possible yeah because oh, absolutely. there is like i'm definitely not ending on this anymore but <laughs> there is definitely a hard line of managing your own shit but then realizing when you need professional help because there is a balance yeah. there there yes. is a balance professionals can only help you for so much there is stuff that you have to do alone and that is yes. really triggering yes. for me i hate that thought mm -hmm. and i'm sorry if that doesn't land very gently on any no. of you that's but... why it's called professional help and not professional solutions right <laughs> right they're not there to solve your problems they're there to help you solve them yourself yes to, to find your own, you solve your own problems yes. And if you're someone who refuses to go to therapy but would love to listen to two people talk about how they are also refusing to go to therapy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you would like a podcast about your trauma instead of uh, instead of a trauma therapist, <laughs> you can find us on Google, Apple, Spotify, or Podbean. We have uh, uh, we take this live radio show and edit down to a podcast, and it's available on all of those. I also looked up on Podbean the other day, and someone's finding us on like a different platform that we don't upload to. So. Oh. I don't know how they're doing that. Neat. Also, people listen to us in Canada and Japan. I will tell you who. Do you know who? Because I can. Yeah, we have like, like we have like eight listener in Japan, which I think is pretty fucking cool. Anyways, I wonder if it's a person on their mission. <laughs> how <laughs> secretly rich listening to our, that our, be? Our, our podcast in their bedroom, either directly before or after they have gay sex? Because obviously. Uh, that's what dude <laughs> if you're um, not doing it you should yeah, no really everyone. like listen to your body listen to the shame cycle like don't give yourself more shame to deal with 
at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, but I do know the people in Canada. I do know the people in Canada. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, yeah, but find us there. Seamless segue. Just want to throw that out there. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, Email. You can, yeah, our email, it's our turnpod at gmail.com, which is also our Instagram, it's our turnpod. Follow us. We'd love to have you there. Um, Don't go anywhere.